So I, I remember we're you know so we're back with our formula. It's it's evening. You've got yep. the I've got the beer. You've got yes. the coffee. Remember a while back, like when you quit drinking caffeine. Like it, 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 I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember there was there for a while. You're like do another you know biological yeah. experiment, and you're like I'm just gonna quit caffeine for a little while. Yeah, I thought that that would be a good idea. Uh, I think that was that was during graduate school, and that was a dumb idea. And then, Ugh. like the utility of of caffeine, and it's not a recreational use. I'm not a <laughs> recreational user. I'm a professional <laughs> user. How did that? How did yeah. that go? How'd you feel? Not the best. It wasn't as good as I think it was supposed to be from what I was hearing from people. God, you're like me then. Like your dependency's really, really kicking in. Well, for me, I don't know. Yeah. I can't quite say dependency because if it was. If it didn't taste so damn good with like the way beer is now, like I wouldn't be sitting drinking like multiple Coors Lights every night just to be drunk. It's like it's kind of a combo thing. You get the buzz and it tastes really good. I mean, if it wasn't for like the good taste in beer, I, I would just be a pothead probably. I would just smoke because then it's like you get a little buzz and you don't have to drink crappy beer. Not that I mean, I drink Coors Light every once in a while, but you know, it's ugh. is it just a, a choice between lungs versus liver? Is that is that it? I'll be honest, I like the buzz better, and maybe I'm just used to it, but like, yeah, when I, because I, I you know, I'll partake every once in a while, and I'm just like, it makes me kind of lazy, and maybe I got the wrong strains or something, I don't know, I've just never like, and every time I come back to it, I'm like, I'll try like to take a little fast and like do a little smoking instead of drinking, and I'm like, you know, like when I'm out mountain biking and stuff, I'm like, man, it's just not, it's just not the same. I've just dampered my dopamine receptors. I'm just messed up chemically in my brain. Straight for the brain. You go for the liver and the lungs. Man. I'm going straight for the brain. And I'm like, you talk about dopamine. Like, I think I have like a crash every Monday where I go into this like severe depression because I'm like riding bikes, drinking beer all weekend and like doing all this stuff. And like, then it's, I get to Monday and it's just like the reset. And that's the importance of a Sabbath, which brings us in to tonight's show, everybody. Hey, look at oh, that. Yeah. We actually segued in. All right. So we will be talking about uh, Sabbath. But first, I should announce that my name's Neil Strickland. I am your host, uh, co-host. Co-host. Yeah. You're, you're the architect. The guy architect. that does everything. I'm, I'm the architect. I am our uh, lead questioner. And this is... And only researcher. Yes, <laughs> for now. And I'm get you in that. Chris, super high functioning alcoholic, uh, bi- official Bible reader, and mm, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> somewhere between evil guy and farmer. That's another. Not that that relates to the podcast. Maybe a little. And this is beer and Bible. Uh, hey, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight I'm drinking a 19 ounce, or my buddy Chris calls them pounders, but those are like the 16 ounces. So 19 ounce. Voodoo Ranger, Juicy Haze IPA, the big white can. I love them. I need to start a- stop asking you that because it's not like we're giving any varieties. At this point. I know. I'm just like, I'm <laughs> such an old man, like stuck in my narrow ways. Every once in a while, I get something different. In fact, my cooler got loaded up with a. So when we go for mountain bike rides, the guys will throw whatever beer in my cooler because I'm the one that usually brings one. And then whatever leftovers, I'll just have them. So I've been getting like a little variety. But, uh, yeah, I just keep coming back to the hazies, man, the voodoos. Hey, whatever works for us, whatever whatever gets the, the juices flowing and helps you with your reading, I assume that's what it does. This does not help me with the reading, no, no, no. But maybe with the 
entertainment i don't know so tonight we are looking into uh the section on the sabbath but let's just quick reminder of what happened last time is that we were talking about jesus and he was talking about this idea of his yoke uh is easy his burden is light and that that's that idea of the yoke could be a uh could be very fitting and we're talking about what does this what is this metaphorical yoke and we're talking about yoke we're not talking about an egg we're talking about the thing that you put on an animal to help you accomplish work and in agrarian culture in that area at that time period so you have oxen you yoke them together they move and or even if you just have one ox you can yoke the ox and the easier fitting it is the more you're able to do with it and it doesn't harm the animal and so jesus says that his yoke is light, and then there's a question about well, what is the yoke? It could he's be he's like the complete metaphor. opposite of uh, Gucci Mane, the rapper. Who's that? What? Uh, he's got a line that says, "My neck hurt, chain heavy," because he's got a big ass, awesome chain because he's fucking rich. <laughs> so it's like the opposite of that. His exactly. yoke is light. His neck does not hurt. No, no. His chain so is not heavy. Yeah. So everyone, get away from Gucci Mane. Go for Jesus. Or you can have both. Jesus main Gucci Jesus main. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> so the yoke, the question is, is that the Torah, like the the thou shalts and shalt nots that come from the Old Testament, the 613 laws of don't mix cloth with two threads, those sort of things, or is it his teaching and interpretation of it? So that was the last section that Jesus talks about. So the way Matthew has written is he has his book and he organizes it not necessarily by chrono- uh, chronology. He writes it as if it is chrono- uh, chronological, but isn't necessarily actually how it happened. Yeah, so Matthew write- fucks around a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and not, not that he's lying. He just likes to make it all, like, he likes to put a bow on it, make it all flow the way he wants it to flow, or the way he thinks the story should flow. It could be that things happened at certain different times. It's less chronological, more themolo- themological. New word for everybody. I, I like it. I think it's you're the most learned out of this duo, so we'll go with that. <laughs> you know a lot about sharks and reptiles. <laughs> you made me choke on my beer. That has literally no use in my life. Except for uh, di- random dinners when I'm drinking and can throw out a shark or lizard fact. Herpetological fact. P- case in point. <laughs> so he did a section on the teaching. He said in chapter 4, Jesus is healing and preaching the kingdom of heaven. So chapters 5 through 7, called the Sermon on the Mount, generally is called, that is the preaching the kingdom of heaven. Then you have action Jesus where he starts healing people, and that's in chapters 8 and 9. That's the healing part, so preaching the kingdom of heaven and doing healings. So now we have those together. Then in chapter 10, we introduce the disciples and we send them off to do five through seven and eight through nine. Then Jesus starts talking and he's teaching for a little bit in that section. Now we're moving into another action Jesus. So Jesus just said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Now we are going to start to see an example. We have to see an example of that. That's like, it's like math. Show your work. We are moving into Matthew chapter 12, and Chris, if you don't mind reading the first two verses there. So if one of my skills is reptile handling, or not handling, I mean, I'm good at that too, but reptile knowledge, I wonder if I could mix that with my very, very limited Bible knowledge and like get a job at one of the like local churches in the valley, or not that there's any close to us, but like a good Southern Baptist church is like the snake handler, the venomous snakes. Like, do you think that's something they list on Indeed, or is there like a special Christian website that you would like apply to for that? 
I've got qualifications. It's like I can name. I don't know the sign, the Latin names. I can figure them out and cheat my way through that. But I also have snake tattoos, so that kind of is another qualification. I don't even know where to go with that. That's <laughs> that's brilliant. I just walk in and I step on one's neck and like grab it up and I'm like, I'm your guy. Like, and then if you know it bites one of them because I piss it off, it's like, well, you're a fucking sinner, dude. Sorry. Like, maybe you shouldn't be in the church, and I should. And then that is how you become a Southern Baptist preacher. Not Baptist, just a Southern preacher in the backwoods. (laughs) I don't want to be the preacher. I just want to handle their snakes. Anyway, okay, so we're jumping in here. Matthew 12, Lord of the Sabbath. Okay, verse 1. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look! Your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. What a bunch of fucking dicks. Like the Pharisees? These, yeah, these guys are hungry. They're literally eating grain, which has got to be gross. Like, I mean, even like fucking uh, like Rice Krispies and like shit like that, like breakfast cereal. If you get the plain shit and they don't put sugar on it, it, it tastes oh, yeah. terrible. So, And that's processed. So I can't imagine just grabbing some fucking plants and just like shoving it in your mouth because you're hungry. Like... I mean, that'd be different if you're plucking an apple, but this is like fucking grass, like overgrown grass. You know what I'm saying? Like, dickhead Pharisee, go fucking sit on a rock or go count something. I don't know if you're remembering this, but or if our audience is right now, is like, wait a second, this sounds familiar. It sounds like episode two. So if you go back 50-some episodes. That was years ago. It was, it was. You can find that, and you'll be like, wait, you guys are doing this again. No, that was a different cinematic universe. This is the MCU, the Mathian Christian universe. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> that works. Okay, that was Tobey Maguire, and now we've got Andrew Garfield. Or <laughs> He was Tom my favorite. Fucking he talk was... shit if you like, any of you people in the audience, but he was my favorite. So we're rebooting this story, and we've got the Matthew version of it, and it's a little bit different. And so there are going to be some more details in this one. So if you're like, well, I've already heard that story, excellent, because we're going to cover a lot of it really quickly, but we're going to be going through it again. So we're trying to figure out, like, okay, at that time, what we're talking about is right after 1125. So this is, I'm not saying the Bible's wrong, but I am saying they probably should have moved chapter 12 a few verses earlier to keep that whole yoke burden thing together with this. Yeah, way to go, Matthew. You, you dick. No, we like we we like Matthew. To a degree. And then when it says about the, the fields being ripe there, it's actually giving you an idea of when this is. So we're looking at roughly midsummer around the time of uh, what's uh, called Shavuot or Pentecost, just like the Pentecostal churches that you're going to work at with the <laughs> herpetology. Yes. No local herpetologist. <laughs> Snake handler? No. <laughs> Ordained herpetologist. That, uh, that gives us a timeline of kind of when this is going on. So they're walking through. Then there's a question about like, uh, where are they? Well, fields and paths are together. So it's not like they had to go out of their way, which might mean that they're on the corners of it. And if they're on the corners of it, if you go back to the Levitical law, the Jewish laws and everything else, you could glean and take and pick things from the corners of it. So yeah. Some people have been like, that's oh, for that's- like the less fortunate people that can't yes. have a field and can't grow their own shit. Yeah. So that's on them for that one. <laughs> And then uh, Matthew actually says, he actually has the phrase, he says, they were hungry, Luke and Mark do not. So this is another one of those details that's added in. Some people think that Matthew, who's writing to a Jewish audience, is trying to wake up and be like, hey, Pharisees, look over here. They're hungry. So it tells you that they're picking this not because they want to. And to your point, 
about the crappy cereal with no sugar. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they're hungry. Like, this isn't like they want this food. Yeah, this isn't like grade A lamb chops or anything. It's fucking overgrown weeds. Yeah. Lamb chops were 50 days prior. That was that would have been Passover, fifty days. So how long have the Pharisees been following these guys around too? Like they're are they just sitting in the back waiting? Like oh, look at these sinners, just waiting to like got Jesus already? Or is it like? I, I oh, mean, man. I'm sure. I guess if he's drawing crowds, they've probably been hanging in the back like a bunch of little weasels. I love that you ask that because now I got to answer your question and throws off. I got to go to the back of my notes. Oh wait, so no, no, wait. If it's gonna come up later, we'll, we'll, we'll. No, 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 no. I, I like. I, let's. I'm here to roll with you, man. Uh, so the question is. So I mentioned that it's Shavuot, which is this this Pentecost. So there are three harvest festivals for this agrarian Middle Eastern culture. So you're going to have the barley harvest festival, which would be around Passover. You're going to have the wheat one, which is the one here now. The this Shavuot, this Pentecost. Pentecost is the Greek name. Shavuot is is the Hebrew name. And then you're going to have Sukkot in the fall. That's the fun one. Yeah, that's the the fruits and that's the vegetables and everything else coming in. So barley, wheat, and then the fruits. I remember I was looking at this earlier today. I was like, so when do they like, what about the animals? When do they like slaughter all the animals? And then it took me a second to be like, Neil, they don't have freezers. It's not like modern mm. America. Like, yep. oh, they, no, you, you, you take an animal when you need it. Okay. Yeah. Like, that was just me me my dumb mind earlier today <laughs> i'm jumping back to my notes here why are they there during this time you would have the priests that would come out and they would start to count these different sheaves of wheat it was part of preparing for between the barley harvest of passover and shavuot so this is coming from leviticus and so they would pick this up and they would wave it so the priests were to wave the sheaf then the new growth was permitted to be reaped so that it would be kind of like this way of showing everybody, hey, we have a sheaf, like this is part of the harvesting and things like that. So what it might be is that the Pharisees were actually out there. You're like, well, why are they out in the field? Maybe they were out there specifically to see the priests do these things. They were kind of like overseeing it, making sure like, or, or maybe they were just there to see it and like see it happen, like just experience it or something. They weren't like really being like tattletales. They were just fucking chilling. And, and here's the thing is that <laughs> that would have happened uh, during, let's see here, my notes. According to Mishnah Menachot 10.3, they actually have this whole thing where they talk about how this practice of waving, the picking up and waving these sheaves and then cutting it and taking these sections of it all under the priestly guise or authority or, or eye was actually allowed to happen on the Sabbath. So if you're not supposed to be harvesting on the, on the Sabbath, then why are the Pharisees out in the field? It might be part of this. Mm. So maybe they're not being dicks. Maybe they're just like out there and they're like, and it's, they're honestly like, Hey, why are like why are these guys eating? Aren't these Jesus people? Aren't they? Don't they know better? Freaking, are they being idiots? Yeah. Okay. So this is just okay, this okay. is just one possibility. Uh, the other possibility is like it, a lot of these towns and villages of paths and everything else were around fields. Like they're they're all surrounded by fields, so it wouldn't be too far out of like the norm for that to happen. Okay. All right. Well, they're they're off the hook for now, but I've got my eye on these fucking Pharisees. Kind of like they get their eye on Jesus. <laughs> so what are the prohibitions here about harvesting these things? So harvesting is actually pro- prohibited in Exodus, and it's also listed as common work in Exodus 20. So these are things where it's like, just don't do this. And then in uh, in Babli Shabbat 73b, it actually includes this idea of grain and chaff separating, reaping, gathering like dates, collecting olives. All these things were forms of work so that those things were all forbidden. Philo, who was a contemporary of the time period, he actually wrote... And said that even the plants need rest. 
However, there are some exemptions. Like, what if they're gleaning? So this would be that whole thing of eating from the corners for the people who couldn't afford things. Like, they could go to the corners and pull things. So that would be okay. However, some people would still say, no, you, you're allowed to do that, but you're not allowed to do that on the Sabbath. So there's some argument there. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, this is in Bavli Shabbat 127a. So this is like a a tractate or a writing specifically on the interpretation of the Sabbath. And he was saying that this rabbi once went to a certain place, seeing that the place was too cramped for his disciples, he went out in, into the field where he found it full of sheaves. So he sees a field full of sheaves. Then he goes and clears the field. So essentially he harvests, he doesn't harvest it for the food, but he clears it so that way he has a place for all of his disciples to sit. Hmm. He's got that many disciples. So wait a second, that was on Sabbath, but that was permitted in this interpretation. Another writing that an immediate preparation for food was allowed on Sabbath. So if you needed something right now, so once again, that would fit. And then you also have in Exodus 16, 29, rabbis understood this to mean that you can't bring someone outside of a dwelling into a place. So that was... Because they were eating outside and basically doing a picnic, it was okay. The problem was going and harvesting something and taking it in. And mm. you're going, okay, what, what's going on here? I'm giving you a list of different rabbinic writings that were written at least 100 years, if not more than 100 years after the time of Jesus. Some of these go back to referencing stories around the time of Jesus. What we need to understand is that the Jewish concepts of how Sabbath worked and was supposed to be done was still in conversation at that time of the time of Jesus. So Jesus is breaking rules that aren't firmly established. Gotcha. He's operating in those gray areas. Right. And so they might, a lot of times we'll see them ask Jesus, you, your disciples do this, and what about you? In fact, I want to say in Mark and Luke, I can't remember which one, but in some of the, the Gospels, they say your disciples are doing these things. They don't say Jesus is doing it. They say your disciples are doing mm. these things. So it's a question about how the Jewish law should be interpreted and, and enacted in these times. So basically, given the right circumstances, stances, some of the Sabbath regulations could be relaxed at that time without consequence. All right. I'll, I'll give them a pass. I'll give them a pass for now, the, the Pharisees. The Pharisees? Okay. Yeah, So, but, but they're still challenging Jesus. They want him to, to interpret things the way they interpret it. Hmm. Go ahead and read 3 and 4. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Ha <laughs> ha! Gotcha, bitch! Dropping the old D-bag at him. D-bag David? Yep. Just making sure I got that right. Or D-man, maybe. D-man. He is a D-bag. Yeah. Look, he, he was already fucking up early. Like, I'm going to roll into the house and eat the consecrated bread. So first of all, all right, real quick, um, the way that Jesus responds to him is like, have you not heard or have you uh, like, have you never like, heard? Are you he's... stupid? Like, or, or, I bet it wasn't like that. I bet he was like, oh, yeah, sorry, you guys are probably some like plebes who haven't even heard about this story about David. Oh, wait, y'all are Pharisees? Bitch, you should have known then. It is the most, do you lift, bro? <laughs> yeah. Do you even lift, bro, comment? Nah, it's cool, because we all know, like, right? <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh, damn you, Jesus. The audience starts laughing. So I, I like that he does it in front of people, because you know, <laughs> the Pharisees probably, maybe they're running up, rolling up there with their posse, and it's like, ends up being like, instead of a rap battle, like a teaching battle? I don't know. He, all right, so here are a couple of correlations between this story. And so Jesus brings up an illustration. He's like, let me tell you about this story. So before you just start pulling out random stories to explain your why you're the exception to the rule, you kind of need some correlation of how these things match. Okay, hunger is in both stories because the story goes, David is on is on the lamb. He's running away from Saul. He's trying to kill him. He and his men come up to the, the tabernacle, which is like this 
tent temple. Before the temple was built, it was like the tent place of worship for the Jewish people. So he runs up there and he's like, hey, I'm hungry. And they're like, only thing we got here to eat is this bread that's dedicated for the Lord, for God. And only the priest can eat it and you're not a priest. <laughs> but he's like, oh, please give it to me. And I'm like, hey, are you, have you had sex with any women? And, the, and they're like, no, we don't have sex with women on just each other. It's fine. <laughs> So in this, you've got both, hunger is in both stories. A righteous man breaches the law. So this is like Jesus breaking the law. And then David's also breaking the law. So like, if you were to call me out, you're calling out David. Some people see that Jesus being the son of David is a big theme in the book of Matthew. So if like David can do it, then certainly his descendant can do it. Good good grief. The fact that fucking David is like the the fucking bar that they set. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought that was intentional. I thought that 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 for Jesus Christ was intentional there. It's just for another time, but God, come on. I'm going to I'm going to put this out in the universe here. I think we need to do a tangent night about why you and I are not the fans of David. Really? I mean, really is. like how how was he the one that referenced it? It's like you know, it's it's kind of like modern times where like people are like starting to hate on George Washington a little bit. It's people like, well, old George Washington. It's like we had slaves, and like there was this, and there was that. Is there was that? Like, there's a lot of correlation there because it's like David. Oh well, David did this. David did that. David. He was also kind of a piece of shit too. So I mean, you can't like throw him in the grave because he's like because of all this like shit that he did. But he was definitely not like the holy man that they that like you know. I'll give him. I'll give him. He was good with repentance, but yeah, he's maybe not. There, there were way better standards in the in the Old Testament. Maybe he was good with repentance because he had enough practice. Yeah, yeah. Maybe oh. that's. What <laughs> anyway, going back to back to the point. So our bar set at David again. There is a rabbinic tradition that this possibly happened on Sabbath as well. So hunger is both. You have a righteous man breaching the law. Jesus and, and David being related is a possibility, and we have tradition that it might also be on Sabbath. So uh, there are a couple things happening. There is the what's called pehuach uh, nifesh, which is when you suspend the Torah to save a life. When you are in a situation where it's life or death, there are only two instances where you choose to follow God's law instead of save your life. So if you've got a choice between lying and death, you lie, even though you're not supposed to lie. Live by the law, don't die by the law. Exactly. The only two times you're supposed to die by the law is... <laughs> except when. Except when, yeah. It's yeah. got it, the it, asterisks it, beside it. One, denying God. So you can't deny God. Mm. That's a big one. And the other one is adultery. So there is no, like, I, I had to, honey. I'm sorry. Like, gun to my head. You should have taken the gun, motherfucker. Wait a minute. But go... Never mind. I was going to say, going back to our homeboy, David... <laughs> But oh, anyway, yeah. but anyway, <laughs> anyway, for another time, for another, another time. time, another time, there are some questions. Some people think that they argue that David actually was a priest of some sort. <laughs> There's also an issue where he lied about the situation because he didn't actually tell him like, Hey, people are trying to kill me, but that was okay because you know, it was a situation of life or death and you're allowed to lie to a priest because you're trying to save your life. So here's some understanding of this. Some people say if David can break the commandments, then obviously the disciples can break them. If David's life is in danger, then maybe like it's like the kingdom of heaven is near. Like it's a, this is an emergency situation. The kingdom of heaven is near, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like I need to eat this (laughs) cereal. I need to eat total, like just handfuls of brand cereal. 
I would have started grabbing some like fucking frogs out of the creek and throw them in the fire. At least have some like juicy meat or something. Like, there's a, there's a pig standing right there on the outside of the field, and they start eating grass. Like <laughs> you poor dumb idiots. Yeah. <laughs> the one time you could have tasted the devil's meat. I love the idea of putting myself in really dangerous situations just so it allows me. Like, I'm going to go on a three-day hike with no food except for bacon. That's like Bear grills. Uh, I mean, you just, you know, you just come back to drink and piss. Like, if, if anything turns, if you're freezing to death, if you're about to fall off a cliff, if a bear is going to attack you, just drink your urine. You're good. It's the safest bet. Yep, that's the pull, break glass and break urine sack in case of emergency. Or you're, you're, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I've been drinking. So moving on, David, if David is the interpreter of the law, then therefore David interprets, does that mean that the son of David, that being Jesus, also gets to interpret it? Or is it that since David is above the law, that way he didn't have to follow the priestly commandments of only them, then is it a matter of position? And that's the question is, is that a matter of position that David is king, therefore he's able to do this? Or is it of need, David is in need, therefore he's able to do this? That goes back to that whole life or death situation. Mm. So there are some questions there. And some people have said that since he just talked about the kingdom coming violently or coming, then maybe that's what it's uh, referring to. I don't know, because I'm not so sure that the kingdom coming violently is interpreted as like a good thing, but that it's coming quickly. So maybe it's just that the rules of the Torah are being lifted slightly. I am not so sure. And again, we've also talked about the idea that I think I mentioned earlier, but just in case I didn't mention it tonight, there is some belief. There are a few people, very few that believe that David himself was also in a priestly lineage of sorts. Hmm. Another example of where this might be found is in Bavli Shabbat 128b, where it actually talks about how somebody who might find food, they what does it mean to actually take this food and take uh, grain? So it says, and he may crush it and eat it, provided he does not crush a large quantity with a utensil. In the words of Rabbi Judah, uh, but the sages maintain, he may crush it with the tips of his fingers, provided, however, that he does not crush a large quantity with his hands in the same way that he does on weekdays. Son of a bitch. This is like the state police making laws right here. Like, it's we're talking about quantities. They like to use that gray area. It's like you can, use, you can use your fingertips, but if you if you use like the flats of your fingers, like come on, people. It's like how in Virginia you're allowed to have four plants per house. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's at least that's a number. They're not even giving you that. They're like, it, you know, it would be something that'd be like, well, um, if you harvest more than a, a, a hand can hold, then it within a five cycle period then you will be forbidden from the law or you know what i'm saying it's like what the fuck does that even mean like give me some numbers the funny thing is you're saying that and i can't tell if you're reading off rabbinic notes or not i know that's what i'm saying it's like if the sun rises twice and you crush it three times like bitch give me like come on you got to be more clear i'm not trying to go to hell yeah, so what we're seeing, I, I guess what I'm trying, trying to say is pulling these things out, is all of these rabbinic writings are a lot of times attributed to the time of Jesus, if not before Jesus, yeah. but they're not written down until later on. Ah, gotcha. and, and we're already seeing examples of where Jesus, by these, what is in agreement with these rabbis, or these rabbis are in agreement with Jesus, but they're not. there's not a difference between them. I, I guess what gets me is the whole, like, they're like, hey, don't eat pork. Cool, got it. Yeah, no worries. Like, I, it's super easy. I mean, kind of hard. I smell what it smells like, but, you know, gotcha. And they're like, you can have grain, like, on uh, the Sabbath if you need it to live and you're going to die. But don't 
like don't crush too much like just you know use the tips of your fingers and it's like but not too much and it's like what the, what's too much just just don't do too much what the, the fuck are you talking okay okay i'm gonna try not to do too much Oh no, I'm I'm 100 percent with you. That annoys the <laughs> like, heck out of me. Are you me? <laughs> anyway, I, okay, so back like, to it. what point do you go to hell? Like, which point? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there, you're standing at the gates and like, you remember that time you were crushing grain on the Sabbath? You little, you, you little, uh, fucking eating too much, boy. Uh, yeah. Well, you, it was too much. They're like, son of a bitch, and all these guys behind them are trying to like, they're counting on all their fingers, like how much grain they crushed one day. Like, <laughs> Oh, they're all like wobbling but the knees so speaking of all this like craziness of the of the mission here's <laughs> here is a quote from another jewish writing hagiga 1 8 the absolution of vows hovers in the air for it is nothing in the torah upon which to depend the laws of the sabbath festal offerings and sacri- uh, sacrilege lo they are like mountains hanging by a string for they have little scripture for many laws Ah, okay, all right. Touche, so, sir. <laughs> Touche. So somebody else had the exact same thought you did. <laughs> I like it. Okay, I like it. So you are super rabbinic tonight. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm a rabbi, bro. You get a little, you get a little barley and weed in me, and I'm a rabbi. Let's go ahead and read. And hops. When did they harvest those? The hops. The barley harvest was earlier, and then now we're in the wheat harvest. So nice. yeah, you're, we're in the we're in the right turn. Is barley? Is that what you use for hops, or is wheat? No, hops. Well, I don't know. Hops, I don't fucking know. They look like little weed buds. It might be barley. I don't know. So you start start brewing your beer in the spring, and then you get your grapes, I think, in the fall, maybe-ish, in that area? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grapes usually come at the end of the summer. So My grandparents had grapevines at their house growing up. Yeah. So uh, Passover beer, Shavuot. What's wheat? Just another beer? Uh, we well, you use you have to use all of it, like like wheat, barley. Like you use different grains for different beers. Like you wouldn't put a lot of hops or probably any hops in like a lager, but you would put them in an IPA to get that like the flavor and stuff. And like you basically just need something for the the yeast and like the bacteria to feed on and to create the sugars, like the sugar alcohol. So it's like that's where the wheat comes in and the barley and all that stuff. And then depending on what you put in there and it gets broken down, that's what changes the flavor and like the type of beer that it is and the alcohol content. So the three Jewish festivals are IPA, <laughs> lager, and wine. wine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's read five through six. Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. Oh, Jesus is he's putting his cloud out there. His chain is heavy, but his neck don't hurt. <laughs> I like how he's just like he goes from uh have you not heard or and now he's like have you not read? Like he's just going deeper like oh you guys you guys never heard the story? This new? And then like, oh, <laughs> you never, do you ever see the movie Grandma's Boy? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, new high score. High score. What is that? Did, <laughs> yeah, did I break did it? Did I break it? <laughs> <laughs> new high score. I'm not going to recommend any of our audience watches that movie. <laughs> Jesus looks back at his disciples and winks while he's saying that. He's like, I got uh, this, bros. So this is either, yeah, this is him like challenging the Pharisees that are out there watching him. So have you not understood? It could also be understood. Have you not understood and calling them out on it? So he says the priests break the Sabbath. So what? in what way did they do it? No wonder they wanted to kill this guy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's making them look like assholes. They got this random, like, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white guy roaming around the desert, and 
I mean, I've seen the pictures in the in the church just here, so you know that would already be a red flag. <laughs> I got nothing to add to that. That's I know. Anyway, back to the back to the actual what we're studying. So, in what way does he break the Sabbath? In Numbers twenty eight nine through ten, they they offer sacrifices. They have to do the normal sacrificial behaviors and actions. Sacrificial supersedes the Sabbath. So that's Bavli Shabbat one thirty two b. And then is it Midrash or Mishnah? I can't remember. I got a little M there that on my notes that I do not remember what it says. Midarim three eleven circumcision also is another one where it tells you you should circumcise even if circumcision means cutting the wieners. Yeah. So when a child is born. A child, a male child. Very specific on this one. When a male child is born, after eight days, you are supposed to circumcise it specifically on the eighth day, not on the seventh, not on the ninth, on the eighth. So the question is, what do you do if, if the eighth day lands on a Saturday? And the answer is, go ahead and perform the circumcision. So that's also there. Pass, uh, Passover sacrifices. You don't want that kid having a dirty pecker for any longer than he has to. It's got to be a clean, sliced... Exactly. Same. Seven days is the max for a, cir- uh, for a foreskin. Little, little do you know, if you don't do it, it swells up and explodes and will kill the child and anyone else in the vicinity. That's a li- that's a lie. That's that's totally a lie. Don't don't take that to. You. There's better things to pull from the or glean from this podcast than that to use against your family at you know family outings close to the holidays. So don't take that one because that was a lie. Yeah, we are not medical experts. Uh, so the Packer uh, also... Did you say Packer? <laughs> <laughs> you should totally leave this part in. <laughs> so the Passover sacrifice overrides the Sabbath in, in Pesach 6-1 and in Yoma 85. So we have two examples. When you have to do a Passover sacrifice and it's on the Sabbath, what do you do? Because that means it still requires a slaughtering of this. This is all very much con- normally considered work. But then they're saying, well, if it's on the Sabbath, that's still allowed. So it seems that restrictions are there are restrictions on cutting. And then there's also the idea of Erevin, Erevin uh, 1010. Certain restrictions were lifted in the temple that were not allowed in other places. That actually includes things like plastering or bandaging wounds. So if you get hurt on Saturday, and it's like, well, we can't plaster this because there are laws. Yeah, you're just going to have to bleed out. Sorry, dog. Yeah, so they they let you go to the grill masters. I wonder if they just like straight up cauterized it. <laughs> they hit you with the, yeah, and just that'll get you through to Monday. Yeah, like so uh, at the temple they did these sacrifices. So we always and they had like a nine foot by nine foot giant grill just going all day. So our idea was like, yeah, maybe they just used the spoons or whatever, got them really <laughs> hot, and just held it to your flesh. <laughs> So you have another example of these things were allowed within the temple. So maybe he's trying to say like, oh, this is an Arab. So when Jesus states something greater than the temple is here, he is going beyond what exceptions that they were making for the temple. And this might, as you said, what is ch- chains heavy? My neck hurt chain heavy. Yeah, so he, he's throwing that around. If you're Trinitarian, then you can go with because he is God. The God that makes the temple holy is right here. If you think about what's more important, the case or that which is in the case, it's that which is in the case. So Jesus is like, it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> or is it just the kingdom of heaven, like his changes and his his re- reformation of the world? So I'm giving you a couple different options about how to interpret when he's saying something greater than the temple is here. Either way, it's him. He's really pushing himself here. These, these IPAs are hitting tonight. Because <laughs> for some reason when you said that, all right, all right. We I know we need to hammer through this real quick, but like when you said it's me, like I imagine, oh God, I'm going to hell. But it was like 
All right, bear, all right, bear with me. So it's like, G- <laughs> have you ever seen that video with Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg, Dick in a Box? Yes. <laughs> but he's like, but it's Jesus and he's got a present and he's singing and then he opens it. But instead of a dick, it's just a little Jesus in there. He's like, it's me. <laughs> it's me in a box. I don't know. I'm fucking, we're doing good tonight. We're, we're with the Lord with uh, the alcohols. The communion is flowing. We're here. Good, good. I think with this, do we decide this is a Passover? It's Juicy Hayes IPA, right? Yes. All right, this is a Passover night. This could be whenever, really. I mean, <laughs> hops last, or yeah, you know. Anyway, back right. as you were, as you were. All right, so no, I'm going to go back to you. Let's read seven through eight. Let's wrap this up. Let's do it. Let's wrap it up. Let's rabbi it up. Uh, if you had known that these, if you had known, God, he's he's keeping it going, bro. He's about to bust on these motherfuckers. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not condemn the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. <laughs> Mic drop. Have you heard? Have you not it's read? Like, if you yeah, know, it's like don't come at me ever again. And he's like, bah! and like flashes at him a little bit. Matthew's in the back, like ha ha. They're like, we know who you are, Matthew. Sorry, dog. He jumps from the story of David. And then he goes and talks about Levitical law, like their interpretation of all the... He's, he's citing all of their interpretations. Yeah. That's what it was. They rolled up and it was like, this is going to be easy. Watch watch us school Jesus real quick and rolls up in the field and Jesus like fucking takes them hard, hard to town. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah, just they're, like, God dang. Yeah, he's he's quoting Hosea 6.6, 6, which he's already quoted before in Matthew 9.13. So he's kind of recycling old material, but I guess it's the hits. Whatever, man. <laughs> the hits. And we talked about chesed, which is loving kindness, steadfast love, loyalty, faithfulness, all these things. It's also used to be forbidden. And we've talked, we back in a couple episodes ago, we talked about that whole thing of chesed possibly being used to talk about it when a brother and a sister sleep together. That is chesed, and that's why we interpret it as forbidden. So my favorite, and this is actually stolen from uh, from a rabbi, my favorite interpretation is it's love without boundaries. That is, you're not fulfilling the contractual obligation. You are going beyond. The, the contract is not as important as the relationship. Kind of pushing this idea. So in Hosea 6.6, 6, what he's quoting from, people are doing things, but they don't really love God. This is not an either or, but a both and. So by matching the, this context for context, they had these rules and rituals that were in place, but they got in the way of their intentions. So the rules were actually turning out to be in spite of the Torah. So taking care, these guys are hungry. They want to be able to, to roll and eat some grain, and you guys are getting in the way with it by using all of your rules and regulations. And they're hungry because they've been following Jesus around, teaching the masses. Yeah, he's like he covers like 13, 14 miles a day. I have no idea the pace of Jesus. Then you have, he's Lord of the Sabbath. And uh, so we're going to do another quick uh, recap of some of these things here. So this is Rabbi Eliezer answered and said, if circumcision, which attaches only to, uh, to 248 members of the human body, I don't know how they count that, but there's the Jewish number for 248 is the number of, of parts of the body, according to, to rabbis. Hmm. Suspends the Sabbath. How much more shall the saving of the whole body suspend the Sabbath? Rabbi uh, Jose, it's probably Jose, but I, in my notes I see it as Jose. I like, I like Rabbi Jose. That would, that would be my dude. So Rabbi Jose, son of Rabbi Yudah, says, only you shall keep my Sabbaths, one might assume, under all circumstances. Therefore, the text read, only, the, only allowing for exception, Rabbi uh, Jonathan ben Yosef said... For it is holy unto you. The Sabbath is committed into your hands, not you to its hands. What? 
So here's another example of of things that are rabbinically said that the Sabbath is supposed to be a blessing, not a curse into your life. And then let's see, another one is, this is from Mechilta, from Rabbi Simon ben Menasiah. It says, behold, it says, and you shall keep the Sabbath, for it is holy unto you. This means the Sabbath is given to you, but you are not surrendered to the Sabbath. Rabbi Nathan says, behold, it says, wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout the generations. This implies that we should disregard one Sabbath for the sake of saving the whole life of a person so that that person may be able to observe many Sabbaths. So we see all Don't the make the Sabbath of, your bitch, but don't let the Sabbath make a bitch out of you. Amen. <laughs> amen. Still completely wrong. Yeah. So I, we're not really sure, like, you know, if Jesus talks about David as he points out the priest, also break the Sabbath. Therefore, it seems to be more about the privileged position than the rule for all people. So is it? So when people go, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, therefore he trumps everybody else. Here's Stanley's real thoughts. To God dang, I've been interrupting you a lot, dude. I apologize. But they come and go like the flash of a lightning bug's butthole, like my thoughts. So I've got to spit them out quick. So my takeaway is that Jesus is like, you guys have been like trying to hammer down your rules, like put your rules on the Sabbath, your rules on the law, and like what you decide is the law. And it's like, do you remember the old shit? Do you remember what it was about? It's not about control. It's about letting people live this thing and act it out and do it as best they can to serve the Father. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is all the stuff that, like, later on, all these rabbinic writings that I'm, I'm citing come after Jesus. Yeah. But they also cite people around the time of Jesus when they're, like, Rabbi so-and-so, in the name of Rabbi so-and-so. Like, they're, they're trying to go back and show, like, this is the way it was originally intended by God. You got to give your sources. Yeah. It's kind of like how in the U.S. we have a constitution, and we have to have people that interpret it. And there's a lot of debate and talk and conversation about that. The big difference between this is that you have— and the constitution was written by mankind for America to follow, and they're trying to figure out, well, how do we do this the best? Where that can change in flux— this is essentially the word from on high from the Lord that can't change. So how do we interpret this to the best of our ability? Yeah. So you have all these rabbis that are doing it, but then Jesus is coming through saying, no, I've got the right interpretation. Yeah. Of course, all the other rabbis said the exact same thing. The difference <laughs> is like Jesus is walking around doing things like healing people and giving them eyes and like that. That's, yeah. He gets a little, he gets a little more street cred than <laughs> the Pharisees with their fancy clothes. Exactly. I assume they have fancy clothes. Uh, yeah, yeah, for that time, I mean, nothing like what we wear. I mean, actually, we, we, I was like, we, like you and I have like good taste in clothing. I have cut off shorts and a tank top on right now and no shoes. So I would probably fit in that part. Uh, they might've had shoes. They're, they're above us on this one. But all right, so, <laughs> so when people talk about Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath, is he arguing from a position of authority? Kind of like the David and, and the, since he, he cites David and the priests, is it a positional thing that therefore, because he is also the son of David, he's a priest or whatever else that da- that Jesus is able to supersede the Sabbath. Well, at the um, end, it, that does sound like some authority. He drops like, <laughs> you know, yeah, well, hold on. I, let me read that. Re, let me let me hit that last verse again. Hold up. Let me, where where the fuck is it? I know that's how you're supposed to re- re- refer to verses, but oh yeah, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He said, "Bitch, this is my shit." I am. I I'm always a little. <laughs> but he always says, on... "Son of Man," kind of like. 
He never says like I'm the son of man, does he? He just he just says the son of man. Is that kind of like this vague thing he uses for himself, or does it seem like so. he says I am the son of man? So, in that time, and uh, the phrase "son of man" in Aramaic a lot of times was being used to say someone lowly. I'm not a man. Uh, I am the son of a man. So he's not being proud. He's not saying uh, well, yeah, because well, he's not saying I'm the son of God. He's like the son of God says. Yeah, except in Daniel 7, it talks about Son of Man, and it gives you this positional place of being on the, at the same level of God. Mm. So we're not sure, or at the very least, the Messiah. So we're not sure when he says Son of Man if he's referring to himself as really great or really humble. Mm. I, I would, venturing based on the rest of the context of how he uses it throughout the book of Matthew... I would lean a little closer towards the idea that he's using it this way. And again, you are our listeners. I'm trying to give you two different options for you to choose. The only reason I lean towards the one where it's he is speaking well of himself is only because it seems to fit the context of the rest of the book of Matthew. But if you want to choose the other option, you can read the entire thing of, of Jesus being like, it's not that I get to make the choice over uh, over the Sabbath and I get to break the rules and I get to make it. It's rather that mankind, all of you who are humble and low, are Lord of the Sabbath in that you are to live well. Not like Lord of the Sabbath, like you get to just, just declare it and change it or anything, but that when your needs supersede the Sabbath, you can still take care of yourself. Hmm. So those are two ways of, of reading it. I just tend to lead towards the positional thing, but I also feel very uncomfortable with it. Um, it's what, one of those things. Of, oh, sorry. No, no, don't don't be sorry. Don't apologize, my dumbass. But what I would say, you know, what's funny about this verse, uh, like especially like this whole passage, is like there's stuff where it's like boom, boom, boom. Jesus is talking. He's doing all this stuff. But like every once in a while, one of these fucking things catches me. Like this, this little chunk, and it'd be like. Okay, fine. This is somebody like me personally on my level would like if I was standing there and I saw this exchange, I'd be like, hold up. I want to know what this fucker, this fucking dude's about. Like, I need to follow this guy around a little bit and see like, cause I like this was just some shaking up stuff and like, I'm interested. So it's kind of like little, like a little rebellion, but a lot of like, this dude knows what he's talking about. Like, and standing up to like the the political figures of the time, and it's like this does have like kind of that seed of like a rebellion or the seed of like a like a you know this is the dude we've been waiting for. It's like that would be the thing that it, 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 he's got that spark, you know. Oh yeah, I, I I love how you you seem to always predict where we're going with these stories. Oh, <laughs> without reading any further. I fuck everything up before the, the dun, dun, dun. No, no, the, the problem is that you you are so into the story you're like, "Oh, this is this makes sense to me because it's a problem that you're really good." But in a few verses, he's going to do another healing in a second and spoiler alert everybody, our next episodes, whichever one that is on Matthew, we're going to be going into where he does a healing on Sabbath and then they go from that point on they're going to go they're going to try and kill him. Yeah, that's the first like, time no, Matthew, that's the like, final straw. Yeah, because you just said like he's getting really rebellious. He's starting to cause yeah. problems. Because if I saw that exchange, or if I heard about that exchange, even if I didn't give up, like, it, it, I, okay, if I was a Greek living in that area at the time, or is that he's a Greek or a yeah. Roman? Roman? If I was yeah. anyone that heard about this and I was engrossed in the area, even if I wasn't, so one, if I'm like, if I'm a Jew, I'm gonna be like. What's this dude talking about? I've heard all these rumors of this like shit starter. Let me go see what's going on. Maybe he's full of shit. 
And then two, if I don't give a fuck about Judaism or the Hebrew God, I would be like, this dude's like stirring up some stuff. Like I'm kind of interested to like, just see the show. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, I kind of want to go see what's going on. This is like, he's like rebelling against the status quo. He's not stirring up some shit with Rome or with the actual like governing body. But like, as far as like the status quo of like who, who's supposed to know the law and who's supposed to know like the politics, he's actually like going like more primitive with it, but also like he's going back to the old school but also saying you guys have been getting too crazy with it and like you're fucking up. So it's kind of this, it's kind of like everybody I feel like would be interested. Like he really is stirring the pot or kicking the bee's nest. But interactions like this make me think like whether you're for him or against him, you're going to go listen. Like you're going to go at least one time and you're going to go see the show. You know what I mean? Like whether yeah. you like the band or hate the band, you're interested enough where you're just going to have to go see what's going on for yourself at least one time. That's good marketing, but I have to say, um, I'm getting low on beer. I'm getting high on bladder. Cool. Let's wrap it up. I'm going to do a, qu- <laughs> a quick recap. We said, Jesus said uh, the yoke and, uh, we were, there's a question about whether that means the Torah or if that means, um, the interpretation of the Torah. A lot of what we've talked about tonight is the exp- explanation of he is re-explaining his understanding of the Torah in a way that is easier and lighter. They had all of these restrictions. Why is it that they're not allowed to pick grain? And Jesus is going, dude, let me reinterpret the law for you so that way you can understand. And he goes through and he uses examples and makes a rabbinic argument as to why that they are allowed to go and pick the grain and eat the the not-so-frosted flakes. And <laughs> he explains it r- really well. And then he ends with the that he's Lord of the Sabbath. Now... If you are thinking, no, I think the yoke is actually talking about the Torah, that you need to go away from the Torah and go go follow the Jesus thing, you've got two points in this that you could use to interpret in your favor. One of them would be that he says something greater than the temple is here. So him superseding the temple, him superseding other things of the Jewish law, and then saying, I am Lord over the Sabbath, using a position of authority to basically supersede anything of the Jewish tradition or the Jewish law, not the Jewish traditions. So... Uh, what I'm here to say is the great beer, uh, beer and Bible answer of the correct answer is, I don't know. But hopefully that gives you an understanding of the circumstances and gives you some background. And so, we have kept our consistency with this product. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you again. Please hit us up on Instagram. Yes. Um, we, we always say, like, or actually, I guess I always say, like, talk some shit. Say some stuff. No, come on. Ring at us. Like, give us, give us, like, talk, don't, I mean, you, you can talk shit if you want, but just, like, say what's up. Like, see, like, what do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? You want some more Matthew? We got some more Matthew. We will give you, we'll put that Matthew all up inside of you. It's true. Are we going to get sued now? We don't have any money. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, hit us up at Beer and Bible Show. Look us up on Facebook. Um, Look up all our personal information and send us, you know, food, beer, IPA, IPAs, voodoo's, the white cans. Not necessarily, they don't have to be the white cans, any of the cans. But we love you all, and we thank you for listening. All right. Thanks, everyone.